The NFL Draft is just days away. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen here in the Forum Park Studios breaking down the Jets' sixth overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft from Philadelphia, April 27th to 29th. We got you covered throughout EA. What a great time of the year in the National Football League. It is. Uh, as we sit here, most people will actually know the schedule by the time they're listening uh, to this podcast, Ethan, where we're going to discuss the draft and a lot of off-season happenings here in Florham Park. But I'm looking at all these mini helmets on the floor in our studio and a map behind me because we're going to be doing some uh, uh, cool video with the schedule. Uh, where the Jets are going to play this season, how many miles they will travel. Um, our man Dan is working on this. So I got all these uh, old school mini helmets on the floor in front of me. But this is an exciting time of year, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, when your team has talked about building through the draft and now it's only days away and it's right in front of you. Uh, it doesn't get better than this. And last year is behind this team a multitude of off-season moves, both player-wise and on the coaching staff. Let's not forget about how many changes there were on the coaching staff as well. So we're going to have the draft. And then following that, it's rookie minicamp. And then in just a couple weeks, be on the field for OTAs, then veteran minicamp and training camp right around the corner. I'm ready. All right, let's not get ahead of ourselves here just quite yet. But next week, for sure, is the NFL draft. There's no doubt about it. And especially for a team that, like you said, Mike McKagan has stated year in and year out that his goal is to build through the draft. This is where you find your foundation of youth. And we've seen it before. We've seen it. We'll probably see it again, assuming that, you know, all things go accordingly is that the majority of this team, you've said this multiple times, there are only a handful of players over the age of 30. So this is a very young team that will get younger, will get more talent on both sides of the ball, and we're going to dive in to what the different options are at number six because this is a draft that has a lot of talent. But first off, let's just start out with this. For those who don't know, the draft isn't just a six-month process. It is in a lot of in the eye of the majority of the fans because that's when when the season ends the draft talk starts to gain some steam but for the personnel department and the football operations side this is really a year-round operation so let's take a look at an all-access story about we're gonna take a listen take a listen podcast yeah okay let's take a listen to see what exactly goes into this year-round process With the 20th pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Darren Lee. For a general manager and his scouting team, the NFL Draft is the pinnacle of a year-long evaluation process. As fans get a look at the future of the franchise, Mike McCagnan and his staff already have their eyes set on next year's class. When the draft ends about three weeks later, Uh, We get the information on next year's draft class, which we disseminate to our college scouts, and they literally will start the evaluation process 10, 11 months before the actual draft starts. As soon as this draft is over, right away we're on to the next draft and opening those reports and getting those guys rolling. It's more than a year in the making. 
you start tracking kids um, when they start making plays as sophomores. You follow that as juniors because some of them come out as juniors. And then as seniors, you have a whole book on guys. For the college prospects, the three-month job interview begins in January. The top seniors in the country are awarded the prestigious invitation to the Reese Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. As a football player, you get a chance to come in and compete and measure yourself against some of the other great players across the country on the field. But off the field, you get a chance to connect with 32 potential employers. And a lot of times, it's one of the first opportunities we get to have a chance to sit down and be face-to-face -face with players. Uh, we get to see them live. Uh, you also get the chance to see players from other areas you might not have crossed up with throughout the fall. Most of the players that are here, of course, have been graded. They've got several grades on them from an area scout, a regional scout, college director, maybe even a general manager. What the Reese's Senior Bowl really provides the scouting world is the fact that now you have all the defensive backs in one line, and you can make those comparisons one after the other. Then a small school player that you saw in isolation during the fall, here he is on the biggest of stages being compared to other players from bigger schools. So it really gives them some real-time uh, comparison shopping that they can do. All-Star Games are the first time we get true interaction to see guys live besides at schools. So being able to see them in that environment, that's the most valuable thing, I think. We still get the opportunity to see the players practice live, um, matched up in one-on-ones, individual you know, one-on-one -on -one drills. But then we also get access to them at night or during the day to interview them also and get, you know, again, do they, you know, get a feel for them as, you know, people and characters and intangible standpoint that we've already gathered on before in the fall. All-Star Games are just one piece of the evaluation puzzle. The next stop on the road to the draft is Indianapolis and the NFL Scouting Combine. So if you want to hear the second part of that all-access feature, tune in Saturday night, 11.35, CBS, to Jet Life, Road to the Draft, EA. You're going to be able to watch it. You're going to be able to watch it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. 11.30, CBS. Absolutely. Saturday night. 100%. Outstanding job. Outstanding edit by our crew. A lot of people uh, in on that because uh, we traveled to Indianapolis at uh, the and Combine, of course. To Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. Um, you know, and uh, we talked to Mike McCagnan. Two of the scouts that were featured in there were Jason Mondalisi and Jonathan Stiegel. Also, uh, Dan Z, who's uh, given us tours of where the Jets do interviews, both um, in Indianapolis at the hotel there, where they get a chance to talk to them extended periods of uh, time. And then, uh, two, uh, Dan has also given us in the past, and I think it's something we're going to repeat this year, Greeny, is uh, he'll show us what the Jets draft room looks like uh, on draft weekend. The infamous so, war room. Yeah, but no, it's a draft room. <laughs> That's what they call it now, the draft room. Not, so. not the war room no, anymore? No, the war room is... Uh, the war room is out, the draft room is in? Extinct name, yes. The extinct name. Yeah. Okay. Well, nonetheless, again, just a quick reminder, Jet Life, Road to the Draft, Saturday... 11.35, CBS, Channel 2. It's great content. This was You only heard part one of a two-part video. And so you don't want... The next part, little teaser, goes into the combine. You definitely want to check it out. You went to Mobile, Alabama. Sure did. 
talk to one of the one of the greatest names I think in sports, Phil Savage. Oh yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a great last name. Nonetheless, that's not what we're here to discuss. And from your perspective, obviously, we just heard from the scouts and the GM Mike McCagnan. But from your point of view, what does the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl, offer to teams that maybe, let's say, the Indianapolis Scouting Combine does not? I kind of think it is the first time you get a chance, as uh, the fellows said during that piece. It's really the first time we get a chance to actually interview the guys. So you get that initial conversation started. And, Ethan, how the draft has changed over time, and you know this so much, is that so many early entries now. So uh, in the first draft, uh, I mean, the first round will be dominated by underclassmen. So in Mobile is actually just the seniors, the guys who've completed their eligibility. So you get a, that's your real uh, first chance. The other thing that's kind of underrated as far as Mobile is concerned is that NFL coaching staffs put these guys on the field and you get a chance to see how the players respond to the tempo because NFL coaching staffs, tempo is a lot different than at the collegiate level. The other thing that I like about Mobile personally is I can watch a kid who played at Alabama go against uh, a kid who played at a small school in the MAC or something like that. So instead of envisioning it, you actually get a chance to see these guys who've played at different levels go head-to-head really for the first time. That's the biggest difference for me is you got your seniors there where the combine is everybody, and the other thing is at the combine the medicals are so important, but you're not seeing the guys on the field, Aiton. So just for a little little note here, a little nugget, a couple names that stick out that are on this Jets team that were part of last year's class that were attended the Reese's Senior Bowl, Jordan Jenkins, third-round pick out of Georgia, Robbie Anderson, Teron Peak, all of whom made contributions to this team this past season. So just a little note there. And for an observer, something that sticks out to me, I've never been to either the Combine or the Senior Bowl, but something that's different, obviously, between the two is the Combine, there are no pads. It's all shorts and T-shirts, whereas the Senior Bowl, you're in pads all week. So I think that... That is a note there because you get to see these players. Yeah, you're not on the field. Anymore. Right. Well, you, you're on a field. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on the football a, field, you're but you're not. A do- you're inside a dome. You're right. Yeah, right. you're, you're not shorts. seeing them. You're not seeing. Going what, through a football drill. Exactly. Individual football drills with no contact. Right. It's, it's, there's still an element of football in Mobile. And, oh, by the way, there is a game at the end of the week. And I know a lot of scouts leave later in the week. But remember, a guy by the name of Dak Prescott actually played pretty well in that game, and then eventually Dak Prescott, who's that? He eventually, he was drafted by the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, and he had a good year. Uh, you know, when you look at the Jets roster, there are multiple players, um, and you've written about this before, Ethan. Multiple players uh, who've participated in the Senior Bowl, not only last year, but you go down the list. Now, the Jets' past couple first-round picks. In the Mike McKagan era, early entries. Leonard Williams coming off his first Pro Bowl, number six overall in McKagan's first draft. And then 
Darren Lee, number 20 overall last year, I think he had a solid rookie season. I think that he might be poised for a breakout similar. Let's make a parallel to Leonard Williams and say, hey, Leonard made that jump in year two. Can Darren Lee make that jump in year two? And here's another tease for you. Our production crew was in Columbus last weekend at the Ohio State Spring Game following the aforementioned Darren Lee around, so we're going to have plenty of content on that as well in the future. 2015, Leonard Williams, 2016, Darren Lee, 2017, TBD. We'll see who the Jets will pick in the first round with the number six overall selection, assuming that they stay there. And EA, let's dive into the draft then. Right off the top, the thing that strikes most people is the depth of this class. And Charles Davis said that you spoke to Charles Davis. He said that this could potentially be the first draft since 1974 without a quarterback or an offensive tackle drafted in the top ten. So this is a kind of an interesting draft, not only because that's an abnormality. but That's yeah, an anomaly, no doubt. But I think what also is interesting is that typically the first handful of picks are usually predetermined in the eyes of the pundits. And I think as early as number two, I mean, you could make the case for number one in the Cleveland Browns between Mitch Trubisky and Miles Garrett. But I think as early and realistically as number two with the 49ers, this draft could go a bunch of different ways. Well, last year, you're right. It crystallized last year as uh, the Rams uh, in position number one overall. They targeted Jared Goff from California, took number one. Then Philly made that big deal where they moved up to number two. And they set their sights on Carson Wentz, and they took him, and he had an impressive rookie season. Uh, the aforementioned Goff's going to be working with the new coaching staff this year in L.A. But you're right. As of right now, I would say most people think the Cleveland Browns are going to take Miles Garrett number one overall. Is that a sure thing? Uh, probably not. But, I mean, we could be looking at three defensive players to start. Maybe it's Miles Garrett, then Solomon Thomas stays right there in his backyard and plays for the 49ers, possibly. Does Chicago, who signed Mike Glenn in the offseason, do they pull the trigger on a young quarterback? Or do they stick defense there, maybe taking a Marshawn Lattimore? And then uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I know a lot of Jets fans are looking at Jacksonville and are saying, is that where somebody takes a running back early in Leonard Fournette. Is that is that a pressure point? But the way the draft works is, and this is something we continue to follow each and every year, is how are the quarterback dominoes going to fall? Also, who is potentially falling to a spot where teams are like, hey, I like that guy. Maybe I don't, I don't have enough ammunition to get up to two or three, but maybe I can have enough... Ammunition that I'm comfortable going to seven or eight or something like that. And how many quarterbacks, Ethan, are going in the first round? I don't know. The guy out of Texas Tech right now, I think, is generating a lot of buzz is Patrick Mahomes. We know that. The two uh, signal callers that most people have focused on since the draft process began, since we started talking about this maybe late in the winter, Mitchell Trubisky after he declared out of North Carolina and Deshaun Watson, a guy who was tremendous in his career at Clemson, and uh, his coach, 
Dable Sweeney said, you'd be missing out on Michael Jordan if you don't draft him. So it's going to be fascinating to see Watson, Trubisky, Mahomes, does Kaiser slip? Who knows? Well, one of the reasons why the draft is so exciting every year is just because it is truly unpredictable. There's always a pick that no one thinks is going to – the one that sticks out in my mind from years ago is Tyson Alawalu to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the top five. And from, you know, from then till now, there's always a pick that maybe you're not expecting at that spot, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I totally and know what I you're think saying. I think that, that's what makes the draft so thrilling – so exciting because you truly just don't know. The other thing is, uh, like you're talking about, is that there are names that are pop up off the screen. You even go back to the Jets a few years back. Uh, John Isaac was the general manager, and they had two first-round picks. They took Sheldon Richardson, number 13 overall. Wasn't uh, I went to the Combine that year, and I think NFL personnel guys knew a lot about Sheldon Richardson and how much of a talent he was, and he had a freak build, low to the ground, and so explosive. And, yes, he was stout against the run, but he could get up the field and pressure the quarterback. But I don't think a lot of folks in the media knew knew too much about Sheldon Richardson. And the Jets took him, and he came out of the gate race, and I think um, a tremendous rookie season uh, for Sheldon Richardson. So you're right, is that there are a lot of names that, will pop up, and it could happen early in round one, where people are like, oh, and and it'll be uh, some uh, stunned observers. The other point with the draft that uh, I'd like to make here is that for years, people have talked about, you don't take a running back early. You don't take a linebacker early. Is that going to be the case this year? Because there are three guys at that running back position, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey, who I think potentially you think could be all be top first-round players as far as top 16 picks. All three of them off the board by that point. Also, the linebacker position. For years we talked about, oh, you don't take a linebacker early, an inside linebacker early. A lot of people are really high on Reuben Foster. There's Reuben Foster going in and that might include yourself. I mean, you like no, Reuben Re- Re- Foster yeah. is one of my favorite players in the draft. Right. And I think Matt Miller from Bleacher Report said it best when you spoke to him, said he's a heat-seeking missile when the ball is in, is in the hands of whoever it may be. So I think Reuben Foster, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because there are not a lot of mock drafts, but there's some that have him going as high as number two to the San Francisco 49ers and being the staple on that defense for John Lynch, who was newly appointed general manager. The guy's a great player. Well, my, my thing is he, he appears to be a player who would be a Mike linebacker. So he would be, he's got to be the mind and the quarterback of your defense. And what happened with him in Indy, I don't know the specifics. We just know he was sent home early, and I know all teams do their due diligence. Um, but Nick Saban said, uh, you know, he spoke very highly of uh, Foster, of course. And another Alabama guy who some people say is the cleanest prospect in the whole draft is Jonathan Allen. Where's Jonathan Allen going? Another interior player. And when Jets fans look at the interior, they say, hey, we're, we're set there. We're, we're, we're set there, obviously. Right now on your roster, you got Muhammad Wilkerson. you got Leonard Williams, who continues to get better, and he's such a young athlete. You have Steve McClendon is playing on the interior. 
Uh, and I'm not forgetting Sheldon, of course. Sheldon Richardson, a talented guy. Deion Simon got valuable reps. So I think you have a lot of talent and depth there on the inside. Um, I can't, you never say never because a few years back, nobody expected Leonard Williams to be a Jet. But we'll see what happens. Right, and it all goes back to the core of why the draft is so thrilling in that you truly just don't know. So it'll be it'll be great to see. It's always great to see. And this year's class is so talented. How about the tight end position too? Oh, it's un- it's unbelievable. There are there are so many tight ends that could go within the first two days in in comparison to years past, including OJ Howard's been projected as high as number OJ Howard was at the Senior Bowl. There you go. So the Senior Bowl, and he impressed a lot of folks at the Senior Bowl. I mean, I he impressed like, a lot of folks throughout. No, I know, but just to him going there, because some guys, if they know their draft stock is pretty well set. Because you don't have a lot to prove. No, skip it. Yeah, he yeah. Yeah, came up, went through the interviews, played well on the field, things like that. Other folks will say, hey, what about his production? I come back and say, well, what offense was Alabama running? They're, they're a run-heavy offense. Um, I think he could be very productive in the National Football League. And when you're looking at the Jets now, at the wide receiver position slash tight end, I think he he, he could be a, a great help to this team if, uh, if they went in that direction. I want I'm totally on board with you for a couple re, for a couple reasons. One, tremendous talent. Simply put, two, OJ Howard shined brightest when the lights were also the brightest in the back-to-back national championship game. So that, I think that says, uh, tells a lot of his story as well, is when the team needed an offensive spark, he was there to fulfill that. You mentioned Phil Savage, executive director of the Senior Bowl, uh, one of the guys I talked to him about, of course, because Phil Savage wears many hats, and one of the jobs he also has, he's a color commentator on Alabama football every Saturday. I asked him about O.J. Howard, and he just talked about how great this guy's ceiling is. He's really a unique talent. So another point that you brought up is in a team that has, that currently has two very young quarterbacks on the roster, if you draft a tight end, let's say as early as number six, and you draft O.J. Howard and the Jets pull that trigger, yes. the tight end in the football world has been referred to as the security blanket of all quarterbacks. And especially for two young guys in Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty, even Josh McCown. Yeah. You know, the t- just because you're you're a veteran doesn't mean that the tight end's not a security blanket. To have that kind of player, two-way player, meaning in-line and pass-catching, could be a tremendous help for this offense that really hasn't utilized a tight end in, in a couple of years. Well, yeah, but there's a different offense, as you know. I mean, Chan Gailey, it, and I think Todd Bowles was clear about this, and this is something I completely agree with, is that in years past, the Jets had the running backs, and they had the receivers. <clears throat> so how many balls are there to go around? What Jay and Gailey asked these guys to do primarily were to be inside, uh, um, inline blockers, excuse me. Now you bring in a new coordinator in John Morton, who's going to be running a new system. Uh, the clear thing about Morton that both Bowles and Mike McKagan have talked about is that he is going to run a system that matches the Jets' personnel. So... That's why the Jets aren't putting a term on this. They're not calling this West Coast or anything like that. They're going to say, well, what do we have here? We know uh, Eric Decker coming off a pair of surgeries. Uh, We'll probably get an update on his rehab. 
here in the coming weeks. Uh, Todd Bowles will be available to the media uh, during draft weekend. Uh, Mike McCagnan's having his pre-draft uh, news conference uh, next week, so uh, he'll probably be uh, uh, asked about uh, Decker. But Quincy Inouye, career highs and receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns last year, continued to develop. You loved what you saw out of him. The offense looked a lot different when he's getting a football. Robbie Anderson, we know, 42 catches last year. You mentioned Peak before. He's a guy who flashed at times, also gave you some a uh, little pop on special teams. The Jets drafted Quentin Pat, uh, not drafted, they signed Quentin Patton in free agency, a guy who had career highs last year with the 49ers in terms of receptions and receiving yards. Jalen Marshall will start the year out with suspension, um, but he's available all during the offseason to go through uh, all the OTAs and practices and mini camps and then training camp, but he's going to be suspended to start the year. And then the tight end position, like you mentioned, and there's a couple guys returning, um, but it's a deep class, and uh, Mike McTaggart has talked about adding a pass-catching tight end to this offense. So you caught up with Adam Schefter at the league owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, and Schefter, a guy most commonly known as the NFL insider, the guy that breaks the news before anybody else, you caught up with him and you got his thoughts in the draft. Let's take a listen. This is the kind of draft where it's deep at so many positions where they have to come away with some players. This is a draft that I think is universally lauded for the depth, for the quality of players. I think that that depth isn't necessarily at certain spots where the Jets could use some help, but there's a lot of depth at running back. Jets could use a player there. There's a lot of depth at cornerback. A lot of tight ends. We know the Jets could use one of those in the worst way. They've been looking for a tight end for an awful long time. Quarterback, light, but I will not be surprised if the Jets go for a quarterback in the first few rounds of the draft somewhere. So Adam Schefter makes a couple points there, and something that I want to harp on is the depth. And next week before the draft, we'll be back in the, in the podcast studio, and we're going to talk about the possibility of trading back from number six and explore those options. But simply put, this draft is loaded at tight end, like you mentioned. It's loaded at the cornerback position, the defensive back position. You said defense back, corner and safety. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so... Outside rusher, it's good. Uh, guys who can come off the edge, maybe, and then 3-4, three, 4-3 four, four, three, uh, rushers as well. Wide receiver, I think this is a pretty good class. And uh, you mentioned it before. Offensive line, it seems like the interior guys... Uh, are getting a little bit more play as we approach the draft than the tackles in this class. And some of the tackles that are that have played on the outside for their respective yep. universities will then are projected to then move to the inside sure. in the NFL. Yep. So it's we'll see. Obviously, we'll see how that all plays out in the coming months when you know, these players get drafted and report for training camp and whatnot and see what, what coaching staff wants to do with who. But let's uh, something that I wanted to touch on is at number six, assuming the Jets stay there, is a lot of mock drafts have Marshawn Lattimore out of Ohio State, Malik Hooker out of Ohio State, and Jamal Adams out of Louisiana State. And those three guys are, I would say, close to universally pronounced as the top three 
defensive back prospects coming out of this draft. I mean, Lattimore's gone as high as number two in mock drafts, and same with Hooker and Adams. Mm. So what do you think, not, not really, you know, you can share your thoughts on the players about the landscape of the Jets secondary and adding a potential player, an impact player like Hooker, Adams, or Lattimore. Okay, so here's what I like what Mike McKagan did during the offseason. I like the signing of Claiborne. Okay, he struggled with injuries. We all know that. But you're pairing him up with a, a great medical team headed by uh, John Melody, and he'll get also incorporated into Justice, Justice Gallic's strength um, program here in the offseason. And maybe this is a second chance for him. Jason Garrett said at the NFL owners' meetings that, hey, listen, this guy was playing his best ball of his career last year. So you add him to the mix on the outside. Justin Burris, fourth-round pick out of NC State. He got some time late in the last, late last season. You liked what you saw out of him. He's a big physical kid, can play man press on the outside. Is he ready to take that next step and possibly start on the outside? Oh, by the way, don't forget about Buster Screen. I think a lot of people always forget about him. I still think Buster is a very solid player. Love his versatility because he can play inside and outside. Daryl Roberts, another young guy the Jets claimed off waivers last year from the New England Patriots, he played pretty well at times. And then Marcus Williams just re-signed, uh, signing his uh, tender. So he'll be back, nine interceptions in 34 games. He's the kind of guy who's... Uh, found a ball throughout his career. With all that being said, if you love Marshawn Lattimore, if you love him, you take him. Just like if you love anybody there and he's fallen to you in the first round, you make that move. This is a deep cornerback class. We were talking about it before we came on the air today, is that it's not just Marshawn Lattimore. It's the Quincy Wilsons of the world. It is. I mean, there's the, so many the, of them. The, the Tease Tabors of the world. It is Gary and Conley. Conley. White. Yep. Jordan Lewis. There you Desmond go. King. Kevin King. Kevin King. Kevin King from Washington, too. I mean, so you, the list goes on and on and on. So at, what you have to determine as a personnel staff is is there a big gap between all these guys or are they close? Can I land somebody? who I have a similar grade on later, where there might be a bigger discrepancy in another position. I think at six, you do have to stick to that philosophy of the best player available, but you're hoping it, it marries uh, a need. Uh, at the safety position, you asked me about the defensive backfield. Um, uh, first, Marcus Gilchrist coming off off-season surgery. He's always been a guy well-respected around here because he really knows the defense. And uh, he's a heady ball player. Calvin Pryor, I think by his own admission, up up and down. Um, but you do have some depth at the safety position. Ron Tudson-Miles, the Tasmanian devil, uh, a guy who contributes on special teams, gives you everything he has when he plays in the defensive backfield. And then, uh, you know, you got that interesting uh, young player and Doug Middleton as well. So, I mean... But 
there it's, it goes back to that old argument too is that oh do you take a safety that early well if you love him you do take a safety that early Jamal Adams he seems like guys is loaded with intangibles big time leader plays fast all over the field come up and smack you in the box but he also has coverage skills a lot of people love Jamal Adams hooker a little bit different Maybe not a guy who's going to play close to the line as much, but maybe you don't want him to play close to the line as much because he's rangy and he's a playmaker. Now, he played with two NFL corners at Ohio State that you just mentioned, and Conley and uh, Lattimore, but unbelievable and talent. And Eli Apple. And Eli Apple, last yes, year. last and year. Lee, uh, there you go. So, uh, an unbelievable uh, talent there. So, I mean, all those guys, they look like they're going to be top 10 picks. And there's a good chance, I would say, that at least one of them, maybe two, will be on the board when you're sitting there at six. So here's, a, here's something to, to chew on. Last year when Ohio State had five first-round draft picks, yes. you could be looking at three Buckeyes to go in the top 15 in Lattimore, Hooker, and Conley. So clearly Ohio State is a well of talent that's now being transformed into the NFL, slowly integrating their way throughout the National Football League. And before we take off here, EA, I just want to rehash something that you talked about, Adams and Hooker. A little fun fact about Adams, his father, George Adams, a former first-round pick of the New York football Giants back in the day, Jamal currently has a bet with his father that he will be a higher draft pick than his dad was. And that that draft, or excuse me, that bet was made when Jamal was a child. So Jamal Adams clearly has a lot of confidence in himself, but you mentioned it, is that his intangibles are off the chart. And I think that's what a lot of pundits will say. His biggest attribute off the field is that he's the alpha dog and he's going he's gonna to work his, his tail off on and off the field. At the combine, ran a 4-5. At his pro day, ran a 4-3. So clearly the speed is not an issue there. That was his time in the pro day was a 4-3. He was clocked anywhere between a 4-3-3 and a 4-4-8. And no, that's a big, okay. Well, like a 4-4, I'll say 4-4. So he's 4-4, not 4-3. Well, it depends who you speak to and who had what Somebody time. had him 4-3 in the clock? Correct. Correct. Take it to the bank. <laughs> Go on Twitter later, Re- check it out. Remember, though. Check out the video. Remember, yeah. though, that, uh, listen, just looking at it. Mike McCagnan, we got to repeat this. Said he's open for business. He's going to be working phones next week. And a lot of people are going to be calling him. So I would imagine Mac will call everybody in front of him doing his due diligence. And then they'll talk to the teams behind him. And again, have some of the teams targeted players that potentially could be there for them. And what would they be willing to give up to get to the Jets' position at number six? Then he moved down, stockpile picks, a lot of depth in this draft. And that is the perfect teaser for next week's podcast leading up to the draft. Because next week, we talked about the sixth pick today. Again, the Jets have a lot of options. Tight end, running back, defensive back. This draft draft is loaded. We didn't even touch on the quarterbacks. You're right. And... The quarterback. Todd Bowles said in, in Arizona that it's not out of the realm of possibility we take a quarterback six. He's our opening day starter. This quarterback class is truly intriguing because you have guys 
like Deshaun Watson with the pedigree and like Mitch Trubisky, who only has 13 games, but those were pretty darn good 13 pretty games. Pretty impressive. So, again, and these guys range anywhere from top 10 to 27 to the Houston Texans, yeah. assuming people stay in their respective draft orders. But, again, you just don't know. We, and we talked about, it, so potentially moving back, we, we were talking about O.J. Howard before. So potentially moving back, names that could. Oh, don't, don't, don't give it, don't give it away. No, no, we're, we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it in depth next week. But you know, Najoku, the tight end from Miami, New where, Jersey kid, where we're up a Jets fan. Where is he on the board? Uh, Evan Ingram, tight end, Ole Miss, and then we mentioned the defensive backfield, Dory Jackson from USC, and then uh, Chidobi Awuzie. Is that Chidobi? I, I watched a video from Colorado. How do we pronounce that? Yeah, Awuzie. Okay, you know, so a lot of a lot of depth there. Uh, Tremendous at, at talent, at, throughout, yeah. Simply put, yeah. Tremendous talent, and we'll take a look next week in depth on exploring trading back and stockpiling picks because, like you said, McCagnan said, "Hey, call us up. We're open for business." And this draft, if there's a draft to call back or to trade back, excuse me. This is the draft to do it because of the tremendous talent. So we're going to weigh those options next week on the pros and cons of trading back and at what number you would feel comfortable trading back to and still get a star-studded impact player. So, again, that's next week. But this week, just to rehash, Jets pick number six, assuming that all things stay put. April 27th, Philadelphia. We haven't even talked about the wide receiver position, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there next no, week. No, no but uh, remember, uh, and fans, because Ethan and I, this is something we've been working on this week, is that uh, schedule release, obviously by the time you all are uh, hearing this, uh, maybe the schedule's out, but uh, we have a ton of content about the Jets' 2017 uh, schedule. We knew the opponents, uh, but now you know, and you can put your travel dates uh, together and things like that for people who are going to be following the, uh, following us this year. All our platforms, take a look at that. And then early next week, Mike McKagan will address the media and we'll cover that in full as well. And that and that's how you have it. And for, don't don't forget, Jet Life Road to the Draft this Saturday, eleven thirty-five, CBS two. You don't want to miss it. It's behind the scenes access of the draft process. That is really 365 days a year or pretty close to it that culminates in what is the NFL draft. Again, April 27th to 29th, first round on Thursday, second and third rounds on Friday, rounds four through seven on Saturday. And if you haven't checked it out online, NewYorkJets.com, we break down every single position. So, yeah, we got to get into that next week, Greeny, because there's a lot of cool things going on with the draft uh, as far as... Uh, it being in Philadelphia and who are our announcing picks for the Jets. We should talk about that next uh, week. Well, we'll have, and, and you we'll have the full draft coverage next we, week. We are, sure. we are sending you to Philadelphia on Thursday night, and I will actually be at MetLife Stadium. Uh, we're having our annual Jets draft party there, so I'll be at MetLife Stadium. I hope to see many fans out there on Thursday night. You don't want to miss it. Be there.